Check out We Are Calvin football podcast in association with McAvoy's Super Value, Virginia. Real food, real people. Try Super Value's own range in store today. Quality products at one third the price of branded labels. McAvoy Super Value, Virginia. Supporting local. We are Cavan Podcast. Because Cavan's not just a place, it's a people. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another edition of the McAvoy Super Value GEA podcast brought to you by We Are Cavan. On today's show, we're going to be going through your talking points ahead of this weekend's All-Ireland semi-final against Dublin. And we'll also hear from former Dublin footballer, but definitely a, a Cavan man at the back of it when you hear him talking. But we, we'll have a little bit from Barry Cahill, um, what was Patrick caught up with him earlier on in the day. We'll have that full interview over in the Diehards service. That's patreon.com forward slash we are Calvin. Um, maybe we'll start off with the talking points, Paul, though, see how, what people are are discussing ahead of this weekend's match. Yeah, a lot of lot of interest, as you can imagine, Damien. Uh, the appointment of the referee is a big talking point today with, with, with uh, Calvin fans. So we'll go through them now. There's a, there's a manageable amount of talking points have come in today, not the usual hundreds which can only be a good thing. The, the main talking point that's coming in is Kieran Brannigan has been appointed to referee the game. For people who don't remember, he refereed the Monaghan game uh, and Cavan were, felt that he didn't give, well, Cavan fans anyway, I don't know about the management, felt, our players, but felt that he didn't give Cavan very much. I think the free count at time, off the top of my head was something like 10-1 and Cavan only got one free in a scoreable position in the match, which was the very last one. And if you remember, he actually he actually made a buzz of that last decision because it was either, if we talked about that at the time, it was either a mark uh, or if it, was a, if it was a mark, Raymond shouldn't have been allowed to take it. And if it was a free, it shouldn't have been where it was. So uh, he didn't have a great game, but he's obviously he's he's in favour and he's been appointed. So Kieran Brannigan again, uh, and then an expletive emoji. Not a fan of Brannigan being appointed for semi. Um, Brannigan, good Lord. Uh, these are the, some of the comments that are coming in. Yeah, it, isn't it strange though for an All Ireland semi final that they've gone with a referee from the province of one of the counties? Like they've gone with David Goff for Mayo and and Tipperary, who's a Leinster man, who you can understand. But to go with an Ulster man for Cavan against Dublin is a strange appointment. Now. The, the one kind of reservation I I take on this is that sometimes that can work in your favour when he's from beside you and other times it can work completely against you because he's trying so hard to not look biased towards the team that he may have the alleged affiliation or, or the perception of an affiliation with that he completely goes against you. And it, 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 it's putting the referee in an awkward position. I personally believe, and I don't, I, I don't agree with the appointment of 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 any Ulster referee for an Ulster versus Leinster All Ireland semi final. I can see your point, especially in the year that's in it, where uh, Cavan are the representatives of Ulster. It's not a thing that that uh, you know traditionally all the Ulster counties got behind the Ulster champions before the qualifier system, but. Uh, you know, you you were the best of us, so you won it. And Declan Bonner harked back to that when he said, "Look, Cavan will go on represent Ulster and do us proud uh, after the game." But in the qualifier era, that wasn't the case because you could have three or four Ulster teams in the last eight. 
So particularly when it really is an Ulster, an Ulster versus Leinster affair, the champions of each, uh, I can understand that point of view. But the, the, the position they take in terms of the referees is that every referee on the inter-county panel is neutral. So it doesn't matter where you're from, you can be appointed yeah. to referee any game. And that's the position they take. I'm not bothered with where he's from. I just hope that he's a bit more confident than he was the last time. But look, will, Gavin have come through will, tough, tough referee and stuff already, as we saw in the Ulster final. Was was he? And I think he was a linesman in the Ulster final. Yes, he was. Yeah, he was. So I wonder, will that play on him? Because the the officials didn't get great, um, great, I suppose, report after that game. So I wonder, will the fact that maybe the the the, the perception, the, the the public opinion, was that Cavan, you know, were harsh done by by the referee overall? Will that play on his mind slightly as well? That it could be the Cavan's advantage. That I, I I believe personally. Yeah, look, I I don't know. It's it's hard to know. Like no matter what the referee does, people are going to say. If he goes for Cavan, people are going to say he's an Ulster referee. If he goes against Cavan, people are going to say he tried too hard uh, not to be seen as biased. So he's in a tricky spot. It probably would would be better um, having a referee from a completely neutral province. But in reality, that's not, not how they look at it in Crow Park. Um, yeah, uh, the next t- talking point. Can we beat Dublin? These are the kind of talking points we don't want, guys. Come on. Give us, give us more than that. That's not a talking point. That's just uh, something that's thrown out there into the ether. Uh, here's a talking point. This is what I call a talking point. Do Cavan always perform better when they're branded as underdogs? Traditionally, there's no argument, yeah. They, I think so. The, I think so. The biggest performances that I can remember are when you go in as underdog. Now, that's possibly uh, a result of the, of the situation because it takes a big performance to, for an underdog to win. So therefore, they're more memorable. Um, but I suppose take it the other way when one of, one of the great performances that I've seen from Cavan was 2016 against Mead in Park Tolchin in the second half and Cavan were going in favours to that game so it, it's not always the case Oh no, Cavan, Cavan were underdogs that day because they backed Cavan Murder. Yeah, Cavan had lost the first two games if you recall That's against right. Tyrone and Derry because um, I actually backed Cavan minus three that day at 11 to four I, also, I remember it well because when there were seven points there and I, I remember thinking I need an 11 point turnaround here in the second half and it happened amazingly um, I, I actually okay. I, I agree with you Damien because uh, you're right uh, about the fact that it's more memorable, memorable when the underdogs win and also realistically like there's so many times over the years where Cavan were underdogs against probably 10 or 12 teams in the country uh, at times maybe underdogs mm, against yeah. half the teams in the country so uh, if you were to beat anyone else that you were actually favourites against back then it probably wasn't memorable so that feeds into it too but on a more wider level I think Cavan Cavan do play better when they're under, underdogs because there is a tendency among the supporters to get carried away and to take things for granted I was writing about that in a piece the weekend I was saying that there's a part of a ca- of every cabin fan that feels that we sort of have a birthright to be winning things, and we do have a, a habit of getting ahead of ourselves. Mickey Graham said it that we've been doing it for years, getting ahead of ourselves. He said that before the Antrim game, and so I think that that's definitely a factor. Yeah, yeah, I think I think so too. There is part of it. 
I think, and, and by the way, a wonderful piece. It was in the Times that you had that piece, um, a really good piece. I, I think, um, I think we're getting better at understanding that we don't have a birthright to win Ulster titles. Um, I, I kind of, because it was sent on to me that piece before I realised it was you that, that had written it, um, and I was reading it going, no, no, maybe we did feel we had a birthright. We don't feel that anymore. I think people are generally getting better at that, but maybe, maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong. There's <laughs> no, a possibility. You could, you could be right. I'm still trying to untangle the mentality of the cabin supporters, so I might have it wrong. But uh, there is this sort of a contradiction, I think, in at the heart of cabin supporters, where we kind of look down our noses at some counties, like Monaghan in particular. I think. Well, I know I do. <laughs> then, do you? I do. I yeah. don't anymore. I don't anymore. <laughs> I. I always would, would. I'd like to. I'd always see Cavan as being higher up the the ladder than Monaghan, but in reality, we were not, and we we haven't been really up until this year. We haven't been for a long number of years. Um, yeah. Will haven't played dubs twice in the last four years have any bearing? What was the second one? Because my mind has gone blank. Uh, I remember the, the first one under Medina. And the second one under Mickey Graham. It was the final game of the league um, in Kingspan Breffney. Ah, uh, it was the final. Yeah, twenty nineteen. Final, final game is right. I've I've hardly any recollection of that game at all. Was that was that a? It was Mark, obviously Mark dead Riley got a goal, a high ball in. I think Comerford was in goals. I don't think Cluxton played that day. Martin Riley got a, a goal, um, of a high ball into the square. Um, James Galligan was playing. Actually, there was there was a lot of changes to the Cavan team from. I think they played Mayo the game before. It was it finished was at one ten to one sixteen, I think it finished. Um but Cavan were competitive across it. And there was a lot of like Jack McCaffrey played that day. Um I don't think Darren McConley wasn't involved, but they, they had Keen O'Sullivan, they had Philly McMahon played that day. Like they had they had a very strong team out because it was coming into the uh coming into the time when when you know Start of the league and the end of the league were completely different scenarios generally. So, um, I remember coming away from it like a six point defeat, thinking it wasn't the end of the world. It was actually considering quite a few players were missing for Cav, and it, it was a good enough performance, actually. Yeah, I'm just looking at that match report now. Funny thing, uh, did I write that match report? I did. I, I have very little memory of that match, uh, funnily enough. <laughs> That's it's, not like you, it's not. Uh, I very little. You're usually the one with the good memory on this. <laughs> yeah, looking at the Cavan team, it was Ray Galligan, Jason McLaughlin, Park Faulkner, Conor Mina, Jerry Smith, Conor Brady, Conor Rehill, Darren McVitie, Killian Clark, Paul Graham, Garold McKernan, Chris Conroy, Martin Riley, James Galligan, Conor Madden. The subs came on were Barry Fortune, Jack Brady, Niall Murray, and, and Stephen Murray. It's a lot of continuity there. I suppose it's only it's only uh, eighteen months ago. On the Dublin team, you had Evan Comerford, Darren Daly, Davy Bourne. Uh, O'Connor, Howard, O'Sullivan, McCarthy, McCauley, Gavin, Flynn, Rock, Scully, Kilkenny, O'Callaghan, Mannion. Hell of a Dublin team there. And, and they brought on McMenamin, Bugler. Quite a few missing though. McCauley's gone. O'Sullivan hasn't played this year. I don't know if he's still on the panel. Uh, Philly McMahon has only played a little bit. Was it against Leash this year? Or Westmead? He played uh, 15 minutes or so. Um, who else? Obviously Jack McCaffrey's gone. So quite a few missing from that that Dublin team too. Yeah, there's a few missing from it. Yeah, so I I I agree with the with the message there from the listener. I think it will it will uh, 
give Kevin a bit more confidence. They'll, they'll have a rub shoulders with them, like you know, they, they can see yeah. that Dublin are only human because they are made out to be absolutely superhuman. Which brings us on to the next talking points. Uh, we have a chance. Dub's not superhuman, which is exactly. <laughs> did you did you put that in? <laughs> Hashtag believe. Hashtag believe. Do you know what I, I? And I know. Look, at I'm always too maybe too optimistic, but I and and you spoke with Barry Cahill earlier on, and and he thinks that Dublin are getting better. I far be it from me to disagree with him, but I'm going to do it anyway. I don't think this Dublin team is as good as. As it, as it has been in the past few years, I I think there's a wee bit of a dip in 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 their level of performance. I don't know if Bugler, McDade have come in and strengthened that team up. Personally, um, I, yeah. I still think that there's weaknesses there that that haven't been exposed as of yet. Yeah, I'm not going on Paddy Small either. Um, yeah, I'd agree so, with you. So it's like I can I can definitely see where you're coming from there. The, the, and the other thing is, and we saw with Donegal as well, you cannot read too much into a mauling of a team in a game that's over after 15 minutes. Like, that's a fool's errand. We saw, we saw that with Donegal after they destroyed Armagh and everyone said Donegal are world beaters. But you can't read too much into, into how much you beat uh, a beaten team by. You know, it's just a matter of how, how many scores you pile on. That, those games are over after 15 minutes. And the same with Dublin and Mead. And my, my big theory on it is that that teams are just collapsing in the face of Dublin. And like Dublin are brilliant, don't get me wrong. They're the best team in Ireland and they're they're five time All Ireland yeah. champions. But they're not twenty one points better than Mead if Mead played anywhere near their own abilities. But they're they're just there's a huge psychological thing there with, with Leinster teams in particular where and Barry Cal touched on this, where they they just roll over and, and play dead when Dublin appear. And yeah. I thought Mead played more like a division three or four team to be honest. And didn't do themselves justice at all. But Dublin or me, they're a good team. That's a mm. good me team at the minute. Like, and there was so much optimism in the county. But Dublin are are great, but they're not twenty one points better than me. No way. So that that would give me hope because I don't think Cavan will just roll over and and let Dublin tickle their bellies like that. Well, I, I think it was Barry made a, a really valid point that there, there's no psychological baggage there for Cavan. Like a six point defeat and a seven point defeat in league. Over the last four years, and and on top of that, there's been a number of challenge matches where Cavan have been competitive against Dublin. So they're they're not going to they're not going to completely go in with the baggage as you as you said or and Barry said that Leinster teams have like Leinster teams are afraid of their life going in to play Dublin. Cavan won't go in with that. Like there's no psychological scars there that will mean Cavan will be afraid of it and. There's no fear of Cavan not respecting Dublin because they are the greatest team that's ever played the game. So it's going to be an interesting sort of contrast. Like, can you at any point picture a you know a, a Cavan defender not being tight to Dublin forward inside the forty-five? I I I don't think that that's going to happen. I don't think that in the middle toward the field they're going to get the the time on the ball that they got against Mead. Because Cavan do try to bring thunder into that middle toward, bring a lot of heat into that middle toward. So, I, I, I look at it's going to be the best performance of a Cavan team in the history of Cavan GA if they win the game. But I don't, I don't see why we can't get to that point. I don't see why these lads on the crest of a wave can't go out and and, and cause a huge, huge up, upset here. Well, again, yes. Let's look back to '97 because there's so many parallels there. 
that which we have covered at length on the recent podcast. In 97, Cavan actually went out and performed uh, in the first half against Kerry in the semi-final, and they were coming off the back of a massive high. Now, I, I don't know if Cavan can... I want to say this straight up. I don't know if Cavan can recreate the level of desire and intensity that they brought to the Ulster final. I don't know if that is possible, because that was totally fueled on emotion and hunger to win the Ulster title. There was a cup there, and... Cavan, got, Cavan were just that close to scaling the mountain that they just drove themselves to the top. Cavan are basically, we're into the All-Ireland Series now, and Cavan are right back at the bottom of the mountain again. And I don't know if Cavan can recreate that. I dearly hope they, they could. But that, that would be my worry, that if, if, if Cavan could bring the same level of desire and, and work rate and emotion and everything else that they brought to the Ulster final, they'd give Dublin a good game. But I don't know if, if they can or not. Uh, I don't know what your thoughts thoughts are on that, but like for Cavan to deliver a performance which w- was widely accepted as one of the greatest ever t- performances, not just by this Cavan team but by any Cavan team. Uh, to mm-hmm. if Cavan were, are we really going to sit here and say that Cavan just delivered that performance, played at a level that they'd never played at before for seventy minutes, and that they're going to turn around maybe and not only match that but surpass it two weeks later? And that was a performance totally driven by emotion, by desire, and hunger. And by by just saying enough is enough, we're not going to lose in Ulster anymore. Uh, and now they've done that, and they've achieved that goal. You know, is two weeks a long enough time to to reset and be able to replicate that? Well, at the end of the day, I don't know. Did the lads go in with the idea that well, we're we're not going to we're not going to be rolling over, we're not going to be beaten in Ulster anymore? I think. In championship in general, that's what they're aiming for. Look at again, it's it's the great unknown. Nobody nobody can make the call and say that that Cavan will definitely go out and perform to the very best of their ability. The only thing that I do know is that Cavan have been getting better in this championship as it's gone on, and if they don't play better against Dublin than they did against Donegal, you know it it it, it could be just a dip. You know, it could be maybe. Look, I, 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 I don't. I'm, I'm really trying to put the point on it that that Cavan can go out and be competitive, and I genuinely think they can be. Whether that's enough to go out and finish the job and win it, which they've been doing in the final quarter of every game so far, this is a different animal they're coming up against. But why not? I, I, I genuinely believe that there's there there's the panel of players and the culture and the right attitude and the right application within that group to go out and do something extraordinary. Is that enough to beat this Dublin team? Time will tell. Look, nobody wants to see Cavan win more than me, but I'm just I'm just raising the, the question now that you know emotion can drive you to, to new heights. And that's what that's exactly how Cavan won that that Ulster final. Um, that level of, of emotion. I who where do they read? I think it was, was it Tomas O'Shea's column where he it was Tomas O'Shea's column where he talked about um, Mickey. What Mickey Graham said. He texted Mickey Graham his congratulations and he said it, he said something like it's amazing when when uh, what can be achieved when players are willing to go out and die for every ball. Something along those lines. Mickey Graham texted back to Tomas O'Shea and he had it in his column. It was a, it was a brilliant line. But mm. I just wonder. Is is that hunger there to drive Cavan on uh, again? Like it's oh, an all-out. It's an all-out. I don't. I don't think you can question. I, I 
like the prize is to be the first, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, the first Cavan team to reach an All-Ireland final since 1952. Yeah. Surely the hunger is is greater than even an Ulster title at this no. point. Because in, no, in the last so. number of years, in the last number of years, it's been even more difficult. You win an Ulster title and you'd still have to go through the Super 8s to make an All-Ireland semi-final. This is a once-in-a-lifetime. These players will never experience the opportunity of winning Ulster, win one game, All-Ireland final. It won't ever happen again. Yeah, so, I, I, I appreciate that. But, but the point is that it was absolute win or bust against Donegal. Those careers, football careers, were dependent on that. No matter what happens, Calvin, against Dublin, this is going to go down as a glorious year. And I th- think the players are only human. Uh, I, 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 I don't think the players are going to take that, that, that no, attitude oh, to it. I'm, I'm, I'm sure I agree with you. The, the players are not going to go in there in party mode or in thinking this is bonus territory, but they are only human. And it's... it's like it's part of the human condition that how can you how can you replicate that? You know, how can you immediately replicate that? Something that you've worked for for so long. For so long. If you'd ask any of those players, look at Garold McKernan with his tweet. He didn't put up a tweet saying to experience this just once, winning an all Ireland semi final. It was the win an Ulster title. That's what those players have, have been striving towards for so long, those experienced players. Um so that that's just that's just that's just my my I really hope that I'm wrong and I'm not saying that's definitely the case but I'm just throwing that out there it, it can throw it can throw it one of two ways too so the, the the build up of the anticipation of making and winning Ulster final can either that you, you, you go okay I've achieved my goal this is great and, and relax or it can be I've achieved my goal now this is great let's, let's go out and do more of this and take that and, and push it to another level because the pressure is gone Sometimes the pressure can be a hindering factor. So mm. there, there's as much possibility that Cavan go out and perform better than they did against Donegal as there is that they drop a level. There's, there's definitely as much possibility in no, my I, head anyway. I don't agree with that. I, I think, I, I agree with you that when the shackles come off like that, that and you have momentum and, and like what, what that win will have done for their belief, like the, as Fintacal said, the, the players will be absolutely even out of the management's hand now as well. And every player is going to be just absolutely devoted to the cause now because they've seen what can be achieved. But I, I, I'd like to, to know where is the historical example of a team delivering a performance light years above anything they've ever turned in before and going out again in the following game and, and getting even better. I've never seen it. There's always a, a, a low after... I'm not talking about a performance that... Like it's a really great performance. Like this was a performance for the ages. That that we like, you know, you like you're talking about people who've been watching Cavan for sixty years, who saw saw Cavan beating all Ireland champions like Darren in the in the final, saying that this was the greatest ever performance by a Cavan team. To follow that up with the same level, uh, I've never seen anything like that before. If you, if you could think of an example, I'd love to hear it. But I've never seen any team do that before. Uh, it's very, very difficult to do. So that would be my, my concern. Well, where I'd say is that they've def- it has to have been done for the simple reason that a team like Donegal would never win in All-Ireland in the second year Jim McGuinness was there if that wasn't done. If you didn't reach a high and then go a level higher game after game, 
it 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 has to have happened, and it, sure, of course, it's happened with this Dublin team now being the greatest ever, coming from a situation where, when Stephen Cluxton was, you know, when Barry Cahill was playing, they, they thought they'd never get over the line, you know. So that's no, it, it I, has I, to no, have I, been I, done. Well, it, it hasn't. It doesn't have to have been done, Damien, because. Uh, if you think back to Donegal's run in the All Ireland final to the to the All Ireland title in twenty twelve, like the final wasn't their best performance. They didn't just get better and better and better with every game. Their final against Mayo wasn't their best performance. Their best performance was actually against Cork, um, in the in the quarter final, where they, where they actually won that game easier than than expected. And but Cork got a late goal. I think they got one one. I thought Donegal picked in the quarters that year. They beat Kerry, uh, they beat Mayo. I I, I don't necessarily think. A breakthrough uh, All Ireland win comes where you get better and better and better with every game. Like think, think back, we'll say to Rammer in, in twenty sixteen winning the championship. That was a breakthrough, but you know it was commonly regarded that they peaked early on and sort of slowed up coming near the finish line. Uh, I I think that it's hard to back up a massive, massive, massive performance like a huge breakthrough once in a generation performance. Naturally enough, players are only human. Uh, emotionally and everything and every other way, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to follow that. Uh, with an equally good performance, let alone a better one, that's just maybe that's just me being pessimistic. Like I, I will absolutely go well, crazy, crazy should, if it happens. Should, did did Curtin not put in a great performance in hammering Cavan Gales in the semi final this year, and then realistically the first day another great performance that should have saw them over the line against Crushlaw in the county final. By 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 your uh, by your logic here, then then. Uh, do you think Kingscourt were were as good in this in the Drawn County final as they were, or even better in the Drawn County final as they were against against Cavan Gales? And bearing in mind also that that we're not talking about Kingscourt beating Cavan Gales, we're talking about a Cavan team that that really had had nothing in the form book to suggest that they could go toe to toe with a team like Donegal for seventy minutes and totally outplay them. Uh, I, I like like there's nobody turning around saying that's the best Kingscourt performance in sixty years. At the same time, as great a performance as it was, like I'm talking about a, a performance that smashed all expectations. That Cavan performance in the Ulster final was out of this world, and there wasn't barely anyone I, in the country could see. I agree it. with you, but I, 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 and this just may become to fundamentals is that I, I refuse to believe that that's the best that this Cavan team can be, and and that's kind of where I. Take my stance on it. That I, yeah, I, I, I agree do with you there. I, I agree with you there. I, I think this Cavan team is going to go on and win a lot more now because the great disruptive factors that that they were in '97 after that breakthrough, um, really, we're not going to see them. We're not going to see two or three of the best players retiring straight away. We're not going to see the manager packing it in straight away. Um, we're not going to see any of that. We're not going to see going straight into a into a a national league campaign which involved a big piss up in New York. And all those disrupting things, we're not going to see any of those. So I, I think this Cavan team is going to go on to great things. And I don't think that, yeah. that also final performance was the best ever, best they're going to be. I agree with you there. But I don't think they're going to match it in two weeks. I think maybe next year or maybe the next time they get to an All-Ireland semi-final uh, where winning an Ulster title isn't this absolute uh, era-defining win that the, the, the current one feels like or famine-ending win. I think that's when we might see Cavan repeat it. But like, if Cavan can do it, my God, it would be the greatest feat. If Cavan can back that up, it would be the greatest feat, not alone in Cavan GA history, but in GA history, to back up that performance with a, 
with a performance good enough to beat this six in a row chase in Dublin team. And I think that's yeah. that, that's the incentive for them there. Like and, and that's and that's where as you stated, just as you as you call it out there, the, the energy comes up in my head. The the the, the shivers come down my spine. And I'd imagine there's no better manager than Mickey Graham to say to be pulling these boys together and say, listen, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. If Cavan beat Dublin in next year or the year after, you know, it, it may not be as big an opportunity because maybe Dublin have come back a wee bit, maybe their hunger has dropped. At this moment in time, for Cavan to beat Dublin is something that will be talked about around the world for years to come because it, it is such a big, big upset. And it will be seen as such. And I think that's going to give them energy. I think that's yeah. going to bring them to a point that they could play better than they did in that else the final again. Please God, you're right. And the, and the other thing that, that is in, in Cavan's favour here is that the gap, Dublin are brilliant, but the gap between Dublin and the rest is not as pronounced as it appears to be because teams are rolling over and playing dead in front of them. And yeah. like Cavan can definitely take heart from that. That if Cavan play to the to the level of their ability, they've played them in two league games and lost by six and seven points. Now I know they were, they were you could, there's asterisks attached to those games. One was a bit of a dead rubber. The other were, Dublin were only back from their team holiday, first round and last round. But that's not, and neither were in Crow Park. But but that's not the point. Like Cavan could see they weren't they weren't superhuman, and there is that there definitely is that element. Like that Mead performance was an absolute scandal. It was it was a terribly disappointing like and all the noise coming out of Mead where they were they were going to really make a game of that and they were so confident um, yeah. and we've seen an awful lot of that I think from, from teams particularly in Leinster but, but we, we, you've seen teams going into All-Ireland Finals against against Dublin where it, like you get to an All-Ireland Final you've done a hell of a lot of things right you've done most things right in the year and the spirit in the camp is obviously going to be top class you're going to believe in everything that your management is telling you and you're going to truly believe you deserve to be there and you've seen teams go in with that frame of mind and they've pushed Dublin so close. They've taken them to replays. They've even Tyrone like got off to a flying start against them, ended up losing by five or six points. But you know, five or six points against Dublin is is uh, not bad when you consider that they beat so many teams, even division one teams by twenty odd points now, or fifteen yeah. or sixteen points up at half time. So from that point of view, yeah, absolutely. I think that'll that'll give Calvin great confidence. Definitely. Definitely. Um, any more talking points worth throwing in there? Yeah, uh, <laughs> there's one from you. <laughs> it says, uh, I, I think there's another big performance in this Cavan team. We're not even going to go there now. Well, uh, we've been there. Next one says, do we remotely have a chance of beating the Dubs? Uh, Is that from you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the answer need... is yes. Yes, we do. we do. Of course we do. Yeah, of course, of course we do. We do. Do we need to start Conor Madden? That's an interesting one. Yeah, I... Do you know what? I, I wouldn't like to be Mickey Graham this week. Um, well, a part of me would love to be Mickey Graham this week, but he has tough calls to make. He has a lot of tough calls to make. And, and it's the type of tough calls that you'd love as a manager. But the word, the word is that, that, like, obviously, James Smith came through without any worries... Connor Smith came through without any worries. Connor Madden is available. Um, you know the panel is only getting stronger. And does he does he have to start Connor Madden? Part of me says yeah, and yet part of me likes the way that, he, that Connor Madden is being used at the moment because 
he's going to come in and have a huge impact. That's something you can guarantee. Um, and, and I like that option. I like the fact that Conor Madden comes on the field and he brings something completely different to the opposition. So does he have to start him? Conor Madden deserves to be starting on performance. But is it best for the team for Conor Madden to start? I, I, the jury would be out for me. I, I, I think Conor Madden coming off the bench has been just super and it's worked so well so far. So why change it? Yeah, it's a tough. It's a tough one. I, I, I don't know what what. In the Ulster final, it, it was kind of funny because do you keep Connor in reserve or do you get him on early? Well, Kevin did both because they're getting him on and getting him off, and it, it yeah. actually worked out really well. And Mickey touched on it at halftime in the match day diary when he said, you know, it, it was bamboozling Donny Gall a wee bit because Connor Smith and and Connor Madden not long were they rotating into the forward line, they were rotating on and off the pitch at times. Uh, so Conor Madden's playing with serious confidence like there's no doubt about that and, and he seems to have been given a license to shoot on site at the moment and like, that's going to have to probably going to be important against Dublin because chances are going to have to be taken goals are definitely going to have to be scored like um, I talked about this with Barry Cahill earlier like the last the only championship match they've lost in eight years was when Donegal scored three goals against them the only Leinster match they've lost in the last 10 years was when when Meade scored five goals against them. So, like, goals are probably the only way you're going to beat Dublin. Uh, so, you need to get players on there that, that pose a goal threat. And I do think Conor Madden poses a great goal threat. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he's... Conor Madden is six foot three, I'd say, something around that height. That full back line, I know just people are going to say, oh, geez, Damien's always on about this this high ball in. He's He's very old school. It's it's not going to be a tactic for a lot of games, but Owen Merchant isn't the big man. Johnny Cooper isn't the big man. Stephen Cluxton isn't the big man. And I think throwing in a little bit of consternation, a little bit of chaos with a high ball and Conor Madden being in there, or Martin Riley being in there, who's excellent on the dozer, was Thomas Galligan, it's going to cause problems. And it's going to keep the Dublin defence honest as well. So um, Conor Madden is definitely an option. In, in, in that close to goals high ball and on top of that he's also an option to supply that sort of ball so um, yeah I, I look at whatever call Mickey makes on this whether whether it's Conor Madden to start or or Conor Madden to come off the bench I think he's he's earned enough um, enough kudos to say it, it's the right call whatever Mickey and the management go for yeah, well, you know, if that's touching on what I what I was talking about there a minute ago. Like, uh, would you have said going into the Ulster final that the management have earned the kudos? Um, like that that kind of I think what you've said is sort of touching on the mentality that's out there, whether we like it or not, that that we've kind of achieved something already, and that this is bonus territory. And that's that's my point that 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 is there. Well, like, no. and, and whatever happens against Dublin, Damien, whatever happens. This is a glorious year that we talked about for a long time for Cavan football, and that was not a position that Cavan were in going into the to the Ulster final. Uh, it was it was the opposite. Yeah, and, like, and 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 you only you only get to that position because of the success that you've had, and you you've got the success that you've had because of the decisions that the management have made. So that's my point on it. That you know whatever whatever we think. Is irrelevant. It's it's what what the management think is the important part, and what they've taught to this point has been correct. So therefore, that's why I'm saying it it, it will be the right decision. 
Well, you can't argue with that. I mean, everything everything they've done so far has been super. Like, like I mean, yeah, this is going to be a campaign that's going to be talked about in donkey's years. One of the hardest ever won Ulster campaigns, and it still hasn't fully sunk in. I don't think it definitely hasn't fully sunk in with me. That you know how how we look at the Cavan team. We're now looking at the Cavan team and saying we're the champions of Ulster. We're the best team in Ulster now, and that changes a lot. And that also is gonna that's gonna have so many other subtle uh, knock on positive effects. It's gonna have an effect on opposition, it's going to have an effect on, on referees as well. Maybe not against Dublin, uh, because refs do tend to favour the home team or favour the big team, subconsciously I think, but it's going to have an effect down the line that we're going to be yeah. going into more games as favourites and that's going to, going to definitely influence referees as well. It's, it's just the whole narrative around games uh, leading up to games, you know, there's an emotional energy to it and that has all changed now, yeah. You're right. You're 100% right. Yeah, definitely. And and how Cavan deal with that is going to be important in the future. The, the, the good news for them is that the narrative in the build-up to this game hasn't changed. It hasn't changed, yeah. It hasn't changed, yeah. And Cavan, were, Cavan did a really smart thing, I think, by, by uh, pouring cold water on that whole Navin or Nowhere thing or whatever whatever you want to call it. Like, here we are now. That was, a, that was probably last Wednesday or towards the Cavan issued that statement. Yeah. Uh, it hasn't been, it hasn't been mentioned since. Yeah, and that, that was a really, really good, good, smart move. Because imagine now if they, if they hadn't, or if they had issued a statement saying, "Yeah, we, we're looking to get it changed," that would still be rumbling on, and it'd be so, mm. it would be such a distraction, and you'd be using up nervous energy and everything else. Now, since last week, the Cavan players can visualize and, and look ahead and say, "Like we're playing in Crow Park against Dublin. That's happening. That's certain." Now, we, now we, yeah. we try and work on the things that aren't certain. Yeah, completely agree. Any more talking points before we move on to Barry Cahill? Yeah, that's really the gist of the talking points. Let me have one more look and see if anything else come in, in in the meantime while we were talking there. Um, maybe, maybe you can talk about all the amazing stuff that we have on the Die Hard podcast while I'm looking. Yeah, well, basically this week, obviously, as I said, we'll have the full interview with Mark or with uh, Barry Cahill. Uh, we're going to be doing preview with Michael Hannon and myself and Paul Fitzpatrick. We're also going to be looking ahead to the Camogie um, All-Ireland Final, Cavan against Armagh, which takes place on Saturday afternoon in Kingspan Breffney. So we'll be we'll be looking ahead to that uh, game. We have an interview with the former Cavan ladies manager, James Daly, and we'll have an interview, exclusive interview, with Mickey Graham, the Cavan manager. That's coming up on Wednesday. Um, so a huge amount of content. We're, we're working on getting a former Dublin player, but just hasn't been confirmed yet, to look ahead to the game with us as well, um, other than Barry Cahill. So there's a lot of content coming up um, ahead of this weekend's All-Ireland semi-final. Yeah, there's one more talking point that's come in there, Damien. <laughs> and you're going to laugh at this, but ge- genuinely, this is a real one. After the high of the Ulster final, will it be possible to reach that level again? <laughs> well, they can't, the listeners can't say we're, we're not in touch with what they're, what they're thinking. Definitely not. One other interview actually we do have coming up is, I forgot about this one, is, is with Nicholas Walsh. Um, giving us the perspective of a Cavan fan at the other side of the world and also just bring us back to the start of, of the journey. You know, People are talking about, I think you wrote it's, uh, it's an overnight success, 10 years or 15 years in the making or whatever way. A lot of this probably goes back to he was GDM at the time when Niall Murray and players like that were, were starting to come into development squads and he really put an emphasis on development squads. But we, we delve into that with Nicholas Walsh, which is uh, definitely worth a listen to. 
Yeah, yeah. Look at the, the diehard podcast going to be absolutely booming this week. And all I would say to anyone is uh, from tomorrow on, which is Tuesday, you're on the first of the month. So if you're going to sign up, sign up tomorrow and uh, you'll save yourself the subscription for this month and you'll get a full month out of it. If you don't like it, then you can just cancel it. Yeah. And and you can listen to every single episode we've ever done, which is 245 episodes, I think, at this stage on the diehard service. So there's great Double. value. and. A lot, a lot of Calvin people are taking advantage of it at the moment. <laughs> well, there's a couple of sc- scabby Calvin men I know that, that signed up for the podcast and uh, they're getting great value listening back. Some of the long-form interviews there with the likes of Damien O'Reilly, Declan Coyle, Paul Brady, Finbar O'Reilly, uh, Mickey Graham, when he first came, in, came to the job, you had a great sit-down interview with him. So there's there's hours and hours of long-form interview uh, audio footage there as well that people can can uh, get their teeth into now. In the next and More next, to come. Yeah, and more to come. Exactly. So let's finish off. We'll uh, we'll hear from Cavan uh, Mann. We're, we're, we're claiming him. Barry Cahill. Um, Paul caught up with him a wee bit earlier on. Brady's Arva Limited, main dealers for Volkswagen cars and commercial vehicles, have been serving the needs of the motoring community in Cavan, Longford, Leitrim, Monaghan, Mead and the surrounding counties for over 50 years. A family-owned and family-run business, Brady's are famous for their long association with the GAA. If you're looking for a new or used car or commercial vehicle, check out Brady's Arva Limited. They provide an unrivaled sales and after-sales service and are open six days a week. Brady's Arva Limited. Get on the winning team today. See www.bradysarva.ie for more details. I don't know if you remember last year, but Eamon McGee wrote a column in, in the Star, and he was quite critical of Calvin, saying that they, they lacked the inherent t- too many of their players lacked the inherent toughness needed. Uh, I just came across a quote that, that you gave in an interview with the Indo years ago. I don't even know if you remember this, but one of the things you said, Barry, was you have to have a certain amount of steel to 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 survive a county level. You have to be able to stand up and show a bit of hardness about you. So um, maybe that was something that Calvin were lacking. Maybe if you could just talk about that, like. Well, yeah. What does it take to to prosper at county level? How do you how do you define that sort of toughness that you were talking about? Yeah, well, I think to be successful in the county footballer, you know, a lot of sacrifice goes into it. But I would never really look at that sacrifice as a negative. I always felt it was obviously a privilege to be an inter-county player, represent your county, your family, your club, etc. So I'd always spin that sacrifice into a positive term in terms of being a privilege. But yeah, it, it does. It takes a lot of selfishness, unfortunately, to be a really good inter-county footballer as well. And, and, and your family and your partners can suffer in terms of your commitment to it as well. But yeah, you do need that bit of it's not nastiness, but it's that bit of steel and hardness. And I think it develops over time. Um, you know, if you do suffer those tough defeats, um, going back to the trenches year in, year out. And that's why for the likes of, of Martin Riley and, you know, uh, Grodin McKiernan, et cetera, who've been soldiering for a number of years, you know, for them to keep coming back shows that, that they have all that, that level of steel um, and hardiness that would have built up. And like, they can pass that on to players as well. And I think a lot yeah. of that comes from the tra- training pitch, you know, pushing lads within training whether it's the tackle boxing boxes that they're doing or the winter running sessions that they're doing over over the christmas and stuff and those are the times where you can develop that bit of steelness and hardiness and yeah it comes in through matches as well you know trying to grind out victories whereby you might not played your best and, and obviously at certain stages during this ultras championship calvin haven't been at their best 
they've been you know poor enough at different times mm. um but they've been able to show that bit of hardiness and, and steel to turn it around and whether that's you know someone winning an important ball or, or getting a, an important block at a certain time or maybe it's just a, a few words that were said at half time or maybe during the water break of, of the second half that really galvanized the group and, and got them going but um i think yeah definitely it, it's a trait that you need at the top level to succeed and does there come a point, and maybe your experience with Dublin would uh, feed into this one, does there, does there come a point in the evolution of a team where you've taken so many defeats and, and you just say, there's no more, we're not accepting this anymore? Yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, there is th- that point where it comes and it's like, right, enough is enough. You know, yeah, we've, we've yeah. suffered enough at this stage. We've probably demonstrated every single way to lose a match, <laughs> you know, going out and having a bad start and not recovering or maybe having a lead and not getting over the line or maybe a bit of indiscipline on the pitch in terms of cards or something like that or, or giving away frees at certain stages. So, yeah, it just comes to a point where you're, you're fed up coming out on the wrong side of these big games and you know for, for the older guys you, you're, you're sort of when you're probably seven eight nine years into your career you, you probably are heading towards the latter the, the, the winter of your intercounty career as well and and it's funny because you know when people are say about younger players getting into the team and they might be nervous and stuff like that I always I actually got a little bit more nervous in the latter ends of my career because I felt there was more at stake you yeah. sort of got it you got a better understanding as to what it means to people in the county and um you also looking over your own shoulder a little bit in terms of okay there might be only two three four years left this might be my last chance type of thing whereas the new guys are coming in and they're just a breath of fresh air you know, they're coming in just to play football and, and, and have a bit of crack around playing football. It's actually not that serious, I think, for them. Yeah. It becomes a lot more serious as you get older. So, um, yeah, all those things, I think, came together nicely for, for Calvin over the last sort of four or five weeks. You know, Paul, the, the, the one point I'll take from, from this, and, and, and people can listen to the whole interview, it's, it's, it's a cracker. But the point where he says, you know, you get to a stage where you say enough is enough. I think we spoke about this last week, maybe about this Cavan team and Killian the Gunner referenced it in the interview after just the final that, you know, you've just got to say there is no, there is no next year. That's it. That's it. That's why I asked Barry about that because he was drawing parallels with, with Dublin's All-Ireland success in 2011 and, and Cavan's also success there last Sunday week. And that, that that's something that we were touching on in the lead up to the game and it was one of the reasons that myself and yourself were very optimistic about Cavan's chances was that it's a mature team and the penny had dropped with them and you could see that in, in them they were refusing to lose those games also because it was the phrase I was searching for at the time was enough is enough they weren't going to accept defeat anymore they've put too much into it and it's, I think it takes a while in the evolution of a team for that to that to sink in and Barry touched on that too like he was saying that, that that is something that that he noticed with Dublin as well. So I thought it was an interesting comments, but there's the guts of a half an hour of an interview, so people can tune in and they might enjoy that. Yeah, definitely. So ladies and gentlemen, thanks a million for listening to the McAvoy Super Value GA podcast. And uh, thanks to McAvoy Super Value in Virginia, obviously, for supporting us at Brady's Arva uh, Limited, your local Volkswagen dealers. Really, really appreciate their support to bring you this free podcast every single week throughout the year. So we're looking forward to a huge week in the build-up to an All-Ireland semi-final. You'd have got some odds at the start of the year to uh, to be saying that in the last day in November as a Cavan man but thank God we are where we are and, and hopefully there's more of the journey to come yes it was great yes it was great yes it was great stuff 
And Larry has put it over the bar. It was hard, fast football after that. You're in Carvinaza, yeah! Was there a feeling that that might have been a chance for Kevin to get come back into the big time? And then the cave, and it's over the lap, and Kevin are not buried yet. Have them doing all they could to hold their lead. To Derek McDonald, what a goal! Oh, yes! And over the bar, Vincent Cahill, what a day he is having! Oh, this is brilliant by Kevin! Dandy-legged farmers walking the roads near Virginia. Hurrah, yeah, hurrah! 